Hello and thank you for tuning in and listening to the Mint Podcast. It's great to have you with us. We are Sean, Sarah and myself, Dave, focusing on Everton, culture and a variation of football talking points from quick insights to in-depth discussion topics. Mint Podcast. Duncan's Curtains, Part United's Marking, Kalina's County Row Calciopoli, and Sebastian Frey on fire for La Viola. I think we have a fantastic topic. Before we get into it, if you want to check out further content, follow us at Mint is Culture on all social platforms and visit the website mintisculture.com. Full-time whistle goes and Everton have brought off a famous victory here. And there is the match winner. I've picked the header, Duncan Ferguson, 95, and it was into the Gladys. Um, towering header. I think it was a corner from Andy Hinchcliffe, and I was in the Bullens corner with my dad. 40,000, you know, full house. Typical emotion, sort of February, absolutely freezing. I think with Ferguson, I, you could tell what he was going to do. He'd take, like, a 10-yard run-up, and then you knew that the ball would be hanging and that he'd just jump up and time would almost stand still. And that just those moments when he did it, that almost be silence, you know, you could sort of just touch the atmosphere Ferguson's and then... There and it's 1-0. And Duncan Ferguson takes off his shirt in triumphant style. Were you, either of you, I think you're a little bit younger than me, aren't you? So you won't even remember that, but have you been brought yeah, up with that, with that emotion? <laughs> no, I'd like to um, actually sort of like echo that. Like all I remember of it was this time stood still type of moment, and Ferguson was rising in the air. I'd I'd like to uh, sort of get your look on it based around you know that um, the Gladders sucking the ball into the goal was. I can't remember the time leading up to the goal. Can you remember anything of that? Is that something that is 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 vivid enough or is it vague and it's literally just the goal and that moment that stands out? It was almost like you you, you hold your breath and I because I was a little bit I was still quite young at that time. But I remember it. I remember Andy Hinchcliffe taking the corner. It was always those minutes you know, you'd you'd feel that something probably could happen. It was always set pieces as well, wasn't it, with him? I mean, he was incredible on on the ground as well with his feet, but you, you could feel that, again, yeah, the Gladys, they, they, do, they, they suck, in, suck in those goals and there was that emotion, the hatred of United. And to do that, the way he did it as well, the celebration, everything, it's almost, bec- it's iconic, isn't it? I can't define whether it's because I've seen it so much, I remember all that. You know, when you look at a photograph and you think yeah. you you obviously remember it, that moment as soon as it went in, the the, the roar, there was just something a little bit special about that one. Um, again, I think it was the celebration, and the emotion, obviously, because you know of what where we'd been in the league, where we were in the in the league, and what was going on behind doors at the club as well, throughout that period for a long time anyway, but. Do you think the emotion of the, like you said there, where we were at the time and um, the fact that there wasn't really that many other memorable players on the pitch at the moment, yeah. do you think that's also what makes it so iconic that he, he stood up like he, like he like he does? Maybe. I mean, I was a big Anders Limpar fan. 
So there were a few that that stuck out to me at that time. And it was coming into that Dogs of War period, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There was just something about Ferguson. He was young and he had fight about him. There was always something exciting about the way he played, the way he held himself, you know? He was 6'4". I mean, he was massive, wasn't he? Not muscly as such, but the way he held himself. It's like a classic number nine for me. He was very like imposing, wasn't he? Even as a like yeah. a young lad, and uh, obviously you look at the the modern team now. Do you think that relates a bit? And is that emotion coming back for you as well when you look? It's sort potentially. Of I think he's. Happened. I think I'm glad that he's there, and I'm glad that he's instilling that in them because I don't think we've had that for a long time. That fight, because the minute you saw Duncan Ferguson, the minute I saw Duncan Ferguson. As a young girl watching him, I knew that even then he was Everton through and through. But there's something I don't, you can't quite explain it, but he wears his heart on his sleeve. But you know, when you see players now and they kiss the badge, when he did it, you knew that it, that he actually meant it. He's got that tattoo on his arm, hasn't he? And yeah, he just, he just bleeds Everton. Everything about him is, is the club. And I don't think he can live without it. And there's just something about that that it gets you really emotional. And I'm I'm so glad that he is there because I th- I feel like he's he's the best person to to do that. It was early on in his um, Everton career, really, wasn't it? Do you feel like it was like um I know we'd already put together some s- s- like serious winning goals and towering headers again. Um, but do you feel like it? It was a defining moment, not just for you, but the entire stadium at that point. Thinking this is this is the man. This is potentially yeah, and I think that's yeah. what we do, isn't it? It's that they 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 come along every now and then. You you don't really get them that often, and yeah, I think I do think everybody at that time thought that, and I think it's only that I think was it two hundred and something appearances, Ferguson, and I think only because of his injury that always seemed to come back to haunt him. I think he'd have done so much more. He was a big match player. When you went to the game, you knew that he would rise to the occasion. You know, wouldn't let you and down. That, and do you think those curtains he was having at the time feel like that's <laughs> culturally, cultural, culturally oh, of course. moved of through into your your own... But I'm not saying you've got curtains here. Obviously, I just no. mean, uh, Pull yourself do you together. feel like that? It's, it's not just that, it's this... It's the whole look. It defines an era. It's the kit. It's the look. It's the muscles. It's the low socks. It's the dirty shorts. It's it's this nostalgia as well that you get from it when you look back, isn't it? It was pretty miserable, to be honest, that, that period. But again, like you've said, looking back now, I think there were moments even then I thought, yeah, th- this is, this is going to be something I'm thinking about in 30 years' time. It is iconic. And to me, everything about that is the reason it's my defining moment. The kit, the blood and sweat, everything, the emotion. And that feeling, for me, takes it back to that night. This episode of Mint Podcast is brought to you by Travel Scott, local Liverpool and North West independent graphic designer, influenced by Liechtenstein, Milton Glaser and Cult Cinema, bringing a bold and 
vibrant style with a modern abstract twist, offering a wide range of graphic services from branding to illustration and websites. Get in touch with Tom at Treble Scott on the Instagram page or visit the website www.treblescott.com. That's Treble Scott spelled T R E B E L S C O T T. So moving from Duncan's curtains to <laughs> um, bald biscotti, you know, Sean. Ferguson plays a big part in yours, and so does somebody with not very much hair on their head. Um, give us your defining emotional moment. Nice segue, Dave. Yeah, uh, to kind of echo, obviously, to hark back to the question, like the emotion and a big turning point for me and why I'm an Evertonian would be uh, uh, that night in Villarreal away in 2005. And to kind of paint the picture a little bit, obviously... Um, Everton had qualified for the Champions League qualification spots, finishing fourth. One position ahead of Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool won it in 2005, so it was that whole rigmarole through the summer. Are Everton actually going to even get a qualifying spot? And obviously, we did. (laughs) And we faced Villarreal in the third round. And then, I forget what the scoreline was after the the first fixture at Goodison, but we went there and we had to get a result. And... uh, the the particular moment was a, a corner from Arteta and um, I think Kale's jumping above and who's behind him, big dunk, headers it in. Meanwhile, uh, Pierluigi Luchelina sees a, a certain Marcus Bent pulling on someone's shirt at that time. And pressing. Ferguson! Oh, my word! Oh, the referee, though, has picked out a foul... Like that feeling, thinking that Everton were going to qualify, yeah, yeah. for the Champions League. Yeah, it was like probably the biggest elation I had in in my life at that point. I was like, oh my god, because I'd been (laughs) what was it, 15 years alive since 1990. They'd won the FA Cup, and obviously that's when Duncan got that goal. And um, well, prior to that, in that season in '95 against United, like those big moments, I've seen them on highlight reels and stuff, but I hadn't really experienced it for myself and the emotion to think like, oh, we could qualify for the Champions League. I've never seen any any sort of like European football uh, potentially come into uh, Goodison Park. And then it was cruelly taken away by uh, Pierluigi Colina. It's funny uh, that it's your defining moment. I feel like it was also a defining moment for the club, wasn't it? That season. Yeah. I kinda, it it, it um... had like a huge ripple effect. Um, and I think it, on a, a fan of like my age coming through at that time and younger, like the impact of that, of and with things like Ken Wright saying, "Oh, it's Everton, isn't it?" When we get beat or something like that, it puts you in a state of mind that isn't Everton. Like from my, my parents' uh, sort of age of like watching them and being successful. It's interesting that obviously your defining moment is, I guess, it cross references with other cultures and clubs defining moments as well you know that year that 2005 leading into 2006 was Calciopoli in Italy uh, Napoli fans famously wear masks uh, when Kalina referees a game in 2006 and we had our own little sort of county road Calciopoli didn't we with Kalina um, how, how did yeah did you 
Yeah, did you get that emotion that you that that we were being robbed? The same as I did. It, it, I couldn't understand. I was looking back and I remember being in a bar in Florida and I couldn't get why the goal had been disallowed and to this day I can't. I think he always thought he was bigger than the game, didn't he? He was that referee, wasn't he? Of that period, yeah. there were a couple that stand out, I feel like. To me, I thought he always he blew it to go back. When he blew the whistle, I thought he, I think he changed his mind, didn't he? There was always that second where you think, what's he actually doing there? You can see like the thought process. Yeah, and someone and then, has obviously such gravitas, obviously, um, refereeing World Cup finals and being on the cover of Pro Evolution Soccer 3. And like he had high regard and um, it was like a privilege. Like he was like one of those celebrity referees, like, oh my God, he's refereeing Everton. And like this guy's done a World Cup final. And then he was like considered the best guy. And I feel as though I would be slightly biased, but I feel as though we got that decision wrong. So that emotion that follows that, and then the fact <laughs> the guy retires straight after it. <laughs> so to <laughs> bring him back in. to referee our, our yeah. Champions League qualifier that we should have gone straight into anyway because we finished yeah. fourth, you know. And they ask sh- us why we're paranoid. <laughs> yeah, and well, no, Kenny's, so Kenny's seen in the South Italy, South Italy with. No, I'm only joking. He's not really. Is he? <laughs> Let me, but let me elaborate on that. Like for that was such a big sort of turning point, and it made like me feel a, a certain way for so long after it. And like to bring that up to modern day now, it's like there's definitely a new insight under Carlo, and the mentality is shifting within sort of those younger fans. And it's always been there for the older ones. They've obviously known what it's like to be successful, and I think the excitement's coming back now. And yeah. it's not just these one-time moments. And that's football at the end of the day. Like, those moments do happen. But at least, like, under Carlo, I think we're moving towards a more positive sort of future. And getting those rocking nights back, like what Sarah said before and, uh, with Duncan. Obviously, I wasn't there. But you can see from the footage. And when I've seen Duncan score there, there's nothing like when he done it against Rio Ferdinand. Uh, for United many years later under Moyes sort of header at the Gladys Street end and feeling that passion I can relate to that a lot obviously the Hinchcliffe one was a bit, slightly a bit before my time but move like under Carlo I can't wait for us to get back in the stadium post what's going on at the minute and hopefully have those moments again to share with one another absolutely yeah I, I remember um Obviously, you in uni, Sean, you were big on Spanish football, like it was your thing, and it's interesting to know that your only standout is disappointment. In like not your only standout, but your biggest emotional standout is this emotion negatively in Spain. Uh, you know, yeah, in comparison been... to your love of that Spanish football, it's for me, I'm one of those people that probably would hate Spain then for a period of time because of it, and your emotion kind of went in terms of a little bit different. I think, it, yeah, it neutralises you a little bit and it is a big moment. And, like, I I, I err on the side of, um, obviously, that defeat because it, what it could mean for the club. Obviously, Villarreal got to the semi-finals and got beat by Arsenal um, that year in the Champions yeah. League and I always thought that could have been Everton in a way. And they, they ran away with their group at the time. And it was just, like, obviously, 95, I was too young to really appreciate that success. Um, so... There's been great wins, don't get me wrong, over the years, and I feel yeah. great after Everton win. Um, yeah. But that that thing was like a big turning point. And which like, players, kind of, Sean, stood out for you in in that team? Um, apart from Arteta, obviously. I mean, which, which were the players that you sort of 
think of when you think of that? So obviously Big Duncan's obviously a huge idol at that time and then Tin Kale as well was like fresh on the scene from Millwall. It felt like we were moving in a new direction again at that time and like kind of knocking on the door of the top four. But It was like Neville and Stubbs, that sort of, that was in the, uh, the knocking yeah, about. Phil Neville there then, Dave? I can't like, I know for Stubbsy definitely. Uh, James Beatty, yeah, Beatty. Uh, Carsley, Yobo, Yobo you know. Yeah. Yeah, these were, uh, it, it felt like we, looking back on it now, just thinking, we, we were a big team. <laughs> we were a big side, weren't we? Like, yeah. And even if we weren't big, like, Kale was, Kale was 6'5", wasn't he? It doesn't matter whether he was 5'11", or 5'10", or whatever he was. He was 6'5". I definitely see a few correlations to the current lineup this season, um, to sort of that team. A few good players with a few ones that maybe might not stand the test of time, or a few younger lads. Um Whereas, like, next season, hopefully under Carlo, um, a few more good additions take us to that next level. And your European night, uh, us being of the same age bracket, Sean, it's interesting, obviously, my most emotional standout game for me is, is both positive and negative. It's kind of like my my emo- my, ex- my experience for this emotion for the uh, Everton-Fiorentina game at Goodison is what it is to be an Evertonian to me. Um it, you know, it was I think it was after after the a couple of minutes in, you know, Osman had had a shot on goal. We were we we'd already started after two minutes that it looked like we were gonna go on and score three or four. And I would just remember I was sat in the the um the lower bullens down by sort of the touchline, like right on the front. And I, all I, I remember just feeling the atmosphere. You know, I, I wasn't young enough to not know what was going on. I was 18 or whatever. And then after like a quarter of an hour, Andy Johnson gets this snidey Andy Johnson style goal, comes off his chest. We go one nil up after 15 minutes. And I remember in the next sort of five minutes, we'd had Lescott marauding down the left. Arteta had a shot, Frey saved. Arteta had another shot. Uh, from a free kick, Frey saved it. Um, after 25 minutes, there was a penalty shout um, on Andy Johnson, which then fell to Leon Osman. Frey saved it. You know, Sebastian Frey to me was one of these goalkeepers on Champ Man that had like 20 everything, and I never realised he actually existed as a real person. And it was he. It was it was my my love for Italian football as well, and being this is the first time I'd seen an Italian club play at Goodison. Christian Vieri played 45 minutes for Fiorentina in the first half and for me that that happiness just came out when Arteta scored that goal after the hour mark um that that for me was that that roar I just remember you know shadows of people jumping around it's funny that you say obviously with mine being such a, a negative away fixture um, and then you're like you talk so passionately about the other team, and obviously you've got a big love for the <laughs> Italian football, so you can't give me crap on. <laughs> I think for me, it's not just that. Like it was, Konchelskis played for Fiorentina, one of my all-time favorite Everton players. Um, it was the 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 nuance and the. The sexiness of Italian football during that period, and this this was they had all the money then as well. But it wasn't just that; it was the just after they'd all been, you know, they'd all been done for 
pocketing money and paying each other off and and it was this for me it was Everton's I think it had been raising to this for a while. We'd been doing really well, hadn't we? We'd be with Moyes. This was this is the period now where Moyes was kind of moving us out of that out of that bottom half of the table. And this to me was I I generally thought I remember thinking after sitting there for half an hour I thought we're going through here, and I and I thought we were going through in normal time. Arteta scored and I, the the place just absolutely erupted. It just started bubbling over. I think Sebastian Frey made five more saves of like just like pure, you know, camera saves that you 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 don't see any other goalkeeper other than a other than a European goalkeeper make. It's strange, uh, and, isn't it? Because that, that was yeah. such a th- those few seasons. It was such a good squad, wasn't it? Looking back, yeah, like you know, quality had, players. Yeah, they, you know, we had um, our lineup: had Jakubu, Arteta, Carsley, Yobo. That did have Neville in. Um, Hibbert, Hibbert played in the first game when we got beat. Um, I think Andy Johnson came on for Hibbert after about an hour in the first game, but Neville started. Kuzmanovic and Montalivo scored in the first game. Mont- Montalivo is a player that. I've watched at Milan, and and it was more of it was it was like this, it was this this Mediterranean feel, this European culture, and then all that raise, all the all 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 the all the tastiness of that ninety minutes, and Yakubu um, missed the second penalty, um, and as soon as he missed, I knew we were out. I just knew it. I knew he wasn't yet. <laughs> they were, yeah, yeah walking off doing his eagle under his <laughs> under his breath or. And then Jags missed the penalty. Uh, I even remember <laughs> to this day. I even remember to this day. I don't. I, I I think you know. I've watched back, and I don't. I have to double check to make sure you keep his penalty. It's the post because it looks like it goes in the goal. It's the it hoardings and like comes it, out. It does. Yeah, it does look like that. Uh, yeah, and I remember being um, really apathetic when when I think it was uh, Santana scored the winner four two like. Who wins four two on penalties? Like that's the, you've got a penalty left. You do, only Everton are going to bring it all the way up to the you know Gladys is bouncing, and then you know we take it all away. We've pushed them. We've come back from a deficit, and Gravison scores the first. Yakubu hits the post. What is it that held that team back from being successful? Do you think what wasn't right? Why didn't it click? I think we had. I think we had a bit of a soft undertone, really. I think we were still trying to. I think I don't think we had strength and depth. You know, the bench. I mean, put it this way: we had five defensive players on the bench. Um, Stefan Vessels, German hero of mine, Hibbert, Leighton Baines, Nuno Valente. We had two left backs on the bench. This is the like this is the Everton that. It only sounds like there's one I on the bench to, to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, you know Jack Rodwell, uh, Sunderland's finest. Um, and, Why was that such and, a defining moment then for like you to pick out? Obviously, over all the years and going to the game for like so many years with like your family. Why I think just one... in 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 being out my house for two hours, I got every emotion that you could possibly have of being an Evertonian. Just that's it. Like yeah. you know, you you're excited to the game. It lives up to the expectation. The first half an hour, we look like we're going for it. We, you know. We look like we're for once. We look like we're up for the fight, um, and literally, what what is it? Two minutes before the end, they just completely they, they just they just burst your balloon. 
all over, all over. I think you've just put Everton in a nutshell. It's sublime yeah. to the ridiculous, isn't it? And it's just every feeling. And I think yeah. that I think you've just defined it for me. Honorable well. mention for for Per Kraldrup, who sat on the bench for Fiorentina for <laughs> after making one appearance for Everton and coming back to Goodison and having the last laugh. Um, coming sure back to out. haunt us. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. If Gino's was around back then, he would have been out having a Peroni and uh, <laughs> celebrating a, a penalty win over the club that he basically never made an appearance for but I think for me yeah that's what it is it's that it's the microcosm of being an Evertonian in 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 sort of two hours for me that that's I think you could pick 10 other games and I don't think they would have the emotion positive and negative that that had within that period of time hope you've enjoyed this Everton emotional roller coaster Sarah Sean and myself Dave of Mid podcast we have so many more ideas and discussions coming to you over the next few months. Check out our socials, all of them under at Mint is Culture. Thanks for listening. This has been Mint Podcast. Mint Podcast.